0: The well, here we go. They're Seven seconds. Berkovici He's just going to air it out deep downfield, and uh, no white shirts around. Him. Touchdown! It doesn't get any better than this. What is up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Red Shirt Podcast. This is part two of the NFC season predictions: North, East, West, South. What second? They'll be East. Um, I'm joined by Jackson Powers. No need for a long intro. Let's just get straight into it. Who do you have at the bottom of the NFC East?
1: All right, Jeremy. Well, I have got the New York Giants coming off of a playoff appearance last year. I have them at 7-10. and 10. I am a big believer that last season was a complete fluke when you look at the lack of talent on this team last year and the, the schedule that they faced. I really do not believe that they were a, a playoff-caliber team, and I think that showed when they got absolutely excuse me, when they got absolutely murdered by the Eagles in the playoffs. Um, and I I don't see them getting that lucky again this year. Starting off with Daniel Jones, I am not a Daniel Jones believer. I think he can game manage to a certain extent. He's not a bad runner, um, but he's not moving the ball down the field and he's not much of a creator. There's a lot of times where I was really concerned about how unaggressive he was and we'll see how that looks this year. But I don't think it's going to be too drastic of a change given that this receiving course still looks really, really weak. Um, I do like Isaiah Hodgins. I think he's a very underrated player right now. Um, But Darius Slayton, Paris Campbell, Wandale Robinson, um, they just went out and grabbed Jalen Hyatt. Maybe he helps you move the ball deep down the field a little bit more. Uh, but I really do not love this group. I think it's one of the worst in the league. Um, and Dan Darren Waller, I think like a lot of people are really in on him right now. I'm kind of not. I think he's a little bit washed. Um, and I don't think you're getting the same Darren Waller as his twenty twenty one days or twenty twenty days, I guess I should I guess I should say, excuse me. Um, I-, I really don't think that he is this like dynamic threat down the field anymore and there's uh, there's definitely reason that I get proved wrong on that, um, but that's someone I'd sell stock on. Um, onto the offensive line, there's definitely pieces that I like. Andrew Thomas, to me, is one of the best tackles in football. Uh, John Michael Schmitz was my favorite center in the class. I bet he comes out and produces a lot year one. Evan Neal certainly had a rough rookie year, um, but there's jumps for him to take. If he is a year two breakout, that really would not shock me. My biggest issue with him was his balance. I think it was easy to sort of knock him off of his base and get him onto the ground. Uh, But, you know, we'll see how he looks with a potential year two breakout. Mark Glowinski at the right guard, I definitely like. Had a lot of serviceable years with Seattle and the Colts. Um, I don't think that's a bad acquisition by the Giants at all. Um And moving on to the defense, the one group, even though I'm really pushing narratives against this team, the one group that I will absolutely not stand for any kind of slander is this front five, really. Kayvon Thibodeau, um, I really liked what he showed me in year one, and I think year two he's in for a really big year. I don't think he can quite turn into like a TJ Watt or Nick Bosa caliber player, but I wouldn't be surprised if the peak years of his career, he sees like the back end of the top ten lists for edge rushers, maybe like a Brian Burns type of guy. I think that's where Kayvon Thibodeau could end up. He's really bendy, really good hand fighter. Um, If he can develop that strength just a little bit, he was kind of small. If you can put a little bit more weight on him as he goes throughout his rookie contract, I think he could be a really scary player. Leonard Williams, obviously really great interior pass rusher. Dexter Lawrence, I would go so far to say is a top two or three interior defensive lineman in the league right now. Um, I do think, and and I apologize, Jeremy, I do think he is the best defensive tackle in the city of New York, even better than the guy who just got a pretty major extension, um, as much as he was well worth it. And for those of you who can't see, Jeremy's giving me two pretty intense thumbs down right now, um, so... That's a slight, slight diss at his New York Jets. But I do think Dexter Lawrence is really, really awesome for all intents and purposes. Um, and then you look at the inside linebacker spot. Bobby Okereke, I think, was a really awesome acquisition from Indianapolis. Azizo Ojulari is definitely a really solid pass rusher. Darian Beavers is solid. But they also got Gerard Davis from uh, Washington, I believe it was. Um, yeah, So that's definitely a really solid group. I, I really like the pass rush a lot more than I like the inside linebacker play, uh, but that's not a bad group by any means. Um, but this secondary does scare me a little bit. Adoree Jackson, I think, is solid, but Deontay Banks, I was a lot lower on as a prospect than most people, and I don't think he's going to be someone who produces in year one. Really good athlete, uh, but I think you're going to see a lot more translation out of him as you climb towards the back end of his rookie contract. Uh, I don't think he's going to be in any kind of competition for rookie of the year, but we'll see if I'm proven wrong there at the safety spot. I do like Xavier McKinney, but other than that, I think it's, it's really not a very solid group. I think that this giants team, particularly this giants offense is going to be very unexplosive. Oh, I, I completely forgot to talk about Saquon. Saquon, obviously really, really good. I think he's a star didn't land his second contract today, but, We'll see how he plays or if he plays, I guess, on the franchise tag. I'm assuming that he will be suited up in week one, but you never know. Um, I, I think that he, what, what year is he going, age 26, 27, something like that. Um, I, I think Saquon is good, but we're I think we're definitely going to start to see a little bit of a step back. Maybe it's not this year, but in the future, I do think we can't rely on Saquon to be around for too much longer, but. Other than that, I do think that this offense is going to be pretty unexplosive, especially through the air. That Daniel Jones contract was one of the worst moves of the offseason, in my opinion. And I do understand that there weren't a ton of other routes for them to turn to. Um, but I would have rather, I, I really don't think that that kind of contract was worth it. I would have rather franchise tagged him. Um, I would have rather, found, I, I would have found other options is is all I'm saying. I don't think paying him $40 million a year, he didn't earn that by any means um and i think especially if you're going to be a lot more of a game manager than a real creator you shouldn't be earning star quarterback money and yeah i'm i'm out on this giants team right now we'll see what jeremy has to say about that
0: i did my whole you know i picked every single game this isn't just me throwing it together but and and i followed script so far this is our sixth one all five so far I've done exactly as I've said. I'm calling a late Audible football reference. And I have the New York Giants finishing in last at 7-10. and I think, you know, a lot of this division is close to me, so I think, you know, again, the difference between one, two, three games, whatever, it's kind of marginal in terms of predicting it. It's more so the order that comes down to it. I... Really made me think about it is Daniel Jones. Is very average. Daniel Jones is fine, but what you really need from Daniel Jones around him is solid to spectacular guys that can lift to the point where you're playoff playoff contender. And yes, they made the playoffs last year, but I largely agree with Jackson. I don't think that the way they did it was sustainable. Getting Jaron Waller, although he might not be at the same level he once was I think that was still a good move I think that's worth it I'm not necessarily out on him but I'm also not maybe top five level on him I, th- I think that's the right move but the wide receivers still really don't do a ton for me I think Isaiah Hodgins is a good player but he's not a a top receiver in your offense kind of guy Slayton Paris Campbell Wondell Robinson none of them do anything for me Jalen Hyatt I think we'll have one of those rookie years where he might not have a ton of receptions, but I think all of his receptions are going to be very deep. I think he is going to have several long touchdowns. That's the kind of guy he was at Tennessee, um, just on an even more regular basis. He was torching every single DB in the SEC in the country. Then, I mean, I, I guess I'll go back to the running back. Saquon is very good. And you get Saquon out there for 17 games, he's legit... Playmaker, a difference maker, but and, and I think he'll be out there week one. I think he'll suit up, but I'm really not sure. I'm not entirely sure, and I also don't think Saquon alone is going to make this offense great. He could, you know, bring him closer to average or slightly above average. I don't think Saquon can dictate this offense being one of the league's best. And and really, it wouldn't. I I, I think he'll be there week one. I think he'll play, but you never know. Today, obviously. Uh, they did not come to an agreement with the franchise tag. He's going to hold out. We'll see. We shall see there. The offensive line's pretty good. Andrew Thomas has really bounced back, in, and he's become one of the better tackles in the league. Evan Neal struggled last year, but kind of we saw that with Thomas. I'm not saying that he's going to be Thomas in terms of becoming, you know, one of the better tackles after a struggling rookie year, but there's reason to still believe in Evan Neal. Mark Lewinsky at guard. John Michael Schmitz, they use the second round pick on. It's a pretty good offensive line. I don't think this is a bad offense. I just, I'm with Jackson. I don't think there's a lot of explosiveness to it, especially if Saquon's, you know, depending on Saquon's situation. I don't think really those wide receivers don't inspire me outside of Hyatt and a little bit of Hodgins. The defense is very, very strong up front. Jets legend Leonard Williams, obviously. Dexter Lawrence, a fantastic defensive tackle up there. Probably, definitely a top two defensive tackle in the, in the for the New York teams, no doubt. But, you know, all things not making a Quentin Williams reference, that Quentin Williams is obviously better. Dexter Lawrence is an absolute game wrecker. We are in the golden age of defensive tackles. I think I said this when we were talking about Chris Jones. So many guys that can dictate the game from the inside. Dexter Lawrence is another one of those guys. Aziz Ojolari on the outside. He was someone that I really liked coming out of college. And then I'm still a big believer. And I think think that he's going to continue to get better and better uh, from there. You look at Kayvon Thibodeau. Kayvon Thibodeau was probably my number one guy coming out last year. He is, there. I really haven't seen any reason to not believe in him. I think there is, He he had a good rookie year, but there's even more room for improvement. I think he'll continue to take that step. I can see Jackson's rash now. I don't know if he'll be a top five pure best of the best kind of edge rusher. But he's good. I feel very confident saying that he will continue to develop and get better and better. Uh the linebackers, you talk Bobby Okariki, uh from Indianapolis, you know, that's that's an interesting one. Uh Gerard Davis doesn't, you know, doesn't throw me. I don't I don't really love that second level. Um Sorry, I'm about to sneeze. You guys didn't hear that sneeze because I muted myself. Bless you, Jeremy. So, thank you. And then the DBs again. There are some guys, you know, they drafted Deontay Banks in the first round, but there are other guys on the board, also known as Joey Porter, that I would have liked more. Xavier McKinney, I think he's a fun player. I like him. Then you have other Adoree Jackson, Amani, or you are weird. Amani, or a- Oruarie. Oruarie, there we go, close enough. Um, there are some th- names, but there's just, I don't really love the DBs either. So I think this is a team that I really like at that 7-10, and 8-9 kind of threshold, because they're not a bad team. I just think in this division, which this is a pretty weak conference overall when you're trying to pick out seven teams, but this is a competitive division. These are teams that always play close. I just think the Giants lack that explosiveness on offense and have a nice front seven or at least front four or five, But then I think the defense kind of tails off after that. So I have them seven and ten last.
1: All right. Yeah, that's a, that's an audible I respect. Now you and I are shooting 100% from the field in terms of how we're – looking in terms of like our similarity in our predictions was the word I was looking for coming in third in the NFC East. I imagine Jeremy's is going to be the same. I have the Washington commanders uh, and I have them finishing with a record of eight and nine. Um, Looking at the offense, the big storyline is Sam Howell is now the quarterback under center. I liked Sam Howell coming out of college, coming out of the The old UNC, uh, mild stomping grounds, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I think he is, I I, I like Howell. He's got a big arm, and I think that there's going to be a lot of explosives in this offense, especially with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. Both of those guys are very solid deep threats. And I think Sam Howell is going to be a guy who can deliver the ball deep to them. He ran a lot of RPOs, and I think B. enemy used a decent amount of those in Kansas City. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a big part of their offense. Um, he certainly has some mechanics issues. His technique is not always super solid. Throws tend to sail on him a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a lot of turnovers in his first year as a starter. But I think overall, he's going to be a solid engine. He's going to move the ball down the field quite a bit. Um, and I think there will be a lot more explosives with him than there was with Heineke or any of their options last season. Um, at the running back spot right now, it is Brian Robinson Jr. Last season, he really did not look good by any means, but he was coming off of a gunshot wound after being, I think it was I think it was carjacked, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but yeah, very, very scary situation there. He looked like it was very clear that he was still rehabbing his injury when he was there early in the season, early in his return, but he steadily improved, looked a lot more explosive, and I do think he is going to front this backfield. Antonio Gibson, to me, is kind of a lost cause at this point. I don't love what Gibbs Gibson has to offer. Um, and then looking at this offensive line, this is a pretty rough group to me. Charles Leno Jr., Sam Cosme. City uh, Charles, Andrew Wiley, not a lot to love out of this pass protection group. Um, and out of the tight end slot, I really used to love Logan Thomas, uh, but I think it's time to give up on him. John Bates, another, yet another Boise State legend. Uh, the NFC East is sort of the division for Boise State, so I'll make sure to signal all of those for you Boise listeners out there um i think he i I would not be surprised if he takes a step up i really did like thomas but i think he's getting a little bit old at this point i wouldn't be surprised if his role is starting to decrease and onto the defense this is going to be a very solid group chase young coming into year four of his contract we saw a lot of production out of him in year one uh, but after that it kind of felt like he came complacent ended up tearing his acl And he's been pretty absent since I think chase young is going to return to form a little bit this year. I have big projections for him, Ron Payne and Jonathan Allen, one of the best defensive tackle duos in the entire league Montez sweat, obviously a great pass rusher. This front four is up there with the top top groups in the league. They're going to do such a great job creating pressure and they wreak havoc on the inside a gaps uh, in the running game. I really love this group. Onto the linebackers, David Mayo and Jamin Davis, I like, as your outside guys. Cody Barton, they signed out of Seattle to be a Mike, and I. it's a move that I'm a fan of. I liked Cody Barton last year for Seattle. He's great in coverage. He is one of the top-end coverage linebackers, and he certainly has some concerns in the run, but he's still ascending in that standpoint, and I think him getting a Mike role, um, it, it was about time. I think he he was probably going to be a little bit more of a Will in Seattle. Um, And he ended up leaving because Seattle offered him a contract for more money than Washington did. But Washington promised he was going to be their starting Mike. Um, And I think I I understand that move. I think it's time for him to get a little bit bigger of a role. Um, The secondary should be really solid too. Kendall Fuller at their left cornerback. Uh, Benjamin St. Just had a great I believe last year was his rookie year. He had a great year last year. Um, I'm really in on him. And Emmanuel Forbes is surprisingly someone that I actually think could be pretty solid in year one, despite how ugly of a pick he was. Pick 16 overall by the Commanders this year. He's a great mover in zone, really good ball hawk. Um, his, he's really small. I wouldn't be surprised if there are some, some clips of him getting bullied at the catch point this year. Uh, but I think if you're going to run a lot of zone with this group, Emmanuel Forbes is going to thrive. He's definitely going to get some picks. Um And then the safety group I also really like, Cameron Kill, Pearl, and Derek Forrest is a really solid group. This defense should be uh, one of the best in the league. The offense is questionable a little bit. I think they're going to turn the ball over a lot, but they should have some explosives. Worst case scenario, Sam Howell gets benched, and you put in Jacoby Brissett, who I actually really liked in his short little snit with Cleveland this year while Deshaun Watson was still under suspension. Uh, but I, I do like what this team has to offer and in a weak NFC, uh, let me double check this before I spread misinformation. But yes, I have them at an eight and nine record. That would technically be good for the seventh spot in the NFC because the division is or the conference I guess is so weak right now. Um so yeah, I, I do have the commanders as a playoff team despite their ugly record.
0: I do not have the commanders as a playoff team but I do also have them at eight and nine and in third place. And I think that if there was someone else under center, I think there would be a lot of different discussion, but Sam Howell, he went from being, you know, as a sophomore and freshman in college, he was regarded as he was the next big thing. He was going to be a first round pick. He looked like a franchise quarterback. And since then he really struggled to finish out his career at North Carolina. didn't look like the same guy and I just have a hard time putting a ton of stock into him. He, Sure, we've seen it before, but he's being thrust into a tough role with definitely there, there's some talent to work with. The receivers, Terry McLaurin, uh, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, that's actually a trio that I like. But the running backs, I'm not totally in on. Brian Robinson struggled last year, and I think it was understandable. But although I would expect him to improve, that doesn't mean he's going to improve to being – fantastic that's kind of a big question mark same with Antonio Gibson I think his time might be over I like Chris Rodriguez who they drafted from Kentucky but again he's more of a role player not going to have a significant impact and then you combine that with a very mediocre offensive line and not really a great tight end spot there I just I'm really out on this offense the receivers are really the only group that do it for me with McLaurin Dotson and Samuel and I think if with a little bit more consistency, stability at quarterback, I'd feel a little better. Like, I think maybe I'd, I'd feel a little better if I knew Brissett was going to start just because Brissett is a very stable, kind of know what you're getting from him kind of guy. But there's just not – I don't even have a ton to talk about on the offense. There's just – it's not – It's it's not there for me. But what I will talk about and what propels them all the way to eight wins is the defense, which – should be up there for one of the best in the league. Uh Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, fantastic guys. And then you add in hopefully a healthy Chase Young. You were talking about it. Chase Young. Chase Young touted as this generational prospect kind of thing. Um, taken high overall with uh the expectations that he'd develop into one of the best edge rushers in the game. We've seen some of it, but he struggled with injuries, he's been inconsistent. This is as much of a make or break year as you're going to find for a guy. And I, I see no reason to bet against him. I'm all in on chase young. I think this front four, I mean, off the top of my head probably the best in the league when they're all, when they're all playing together, this, this group. And then from there, uh, the linebackers, I like what they have going on for the most part. Uh, Jamin Davis is a really good athlete um, that I think will continue to improve. You mentioned Cody Barton. I'm obviously don't have the insight to give like you, but I think that was a solid, smart signing. The DBs aren't necessarily as beautiful as the front seven, or at least the D-line, but Kendall Fuller, serviceable player. I like Cam Curl at safety, as well as Emmanuel Forbes is interesting because I I echo a lot of what Jackson says. He's going to get his interceptions. He's a small guy, but he, he got interceptions at a historic rate at Mississippi State. He's an absolute ball hawk. So there's no doubt to me that he is going to stuff the stat sheet in that sense. But I I am concerned that when you're facing a team with two good receivers or just several downfield threats, I don't really know if he's a guy that's going to be able to keep up, Uh, you know, forcing completions. Like you said, we're probably going to see him struggle against some receivers at the point of catch. And so I, overall, I'm not a Forbes guy. I think he, has a lot of Trayvon Diggs tendencies, and I mean that mainly as a negative, although there is value to it. That both of those can be true. So all in all, the defense, fantastic. All in on the defense. There's even some depth that I didn't really get into. I think the defense is going to be great. I just think the offense is going to struggle immensely. So I have them just kind of missing out at the eight and
1: nine mark. Jeremy, do you think you will ever Talk about Trayvon Diggs in a positive aspect, positive light. If he
0: becomes hmm, – I'll give you two situations. A eh, couple. Okay. <laughs> if he, like, saved me from a burning building or something like that. Okay. That would make you a fan. Campaign, I understand
1: that. giving drops giving props.
0: Um, if he, you know, God forbid, he became a Jet and helped us win a Super Bowl – Sure, mm-hmm. or third all off, right. if we play, if the Jets ever played the Cowboys in the Super Bowl and he got absolutely cooked, I could, I, I could learn to say something nice about him because he, he helped me out in that sense. But odds are now, not as Man,
1: I remember, I remember a little bit of Red Shirt podcast history. One of my best predictions of all time was calling the Trayvon Diggs breakout. Jeremy did not like that prediction. Don't ask him about Josh Jacobs.
0: Don't ask him his thoughts on Josh Jacobs. <laughs>
1: It's all right. It's all right. We uh we love to shed light on each other's awful past takes. Um, but moving on with the NFC East, finishing second in this division, I have got the Dallas Cowboys going ten and seven, and I do think that this team is going to be rec- better than that record suggests. They play some tough teams this year. Uh, but I really, really love the Cowboys this year. Dak Prescott at quarterback. One of the most underrated players in the league right now. There's a lot of people that tell you Dak is not good and that he's super turnover prone. Obviously, he has not had uh, great luck in in that sense. Turned the ball over 25 times in his past two seasons, I believe it is. Um, but if you look at him from a career standpoint, he has really not been that turnover prone. Um, and honestly, I am okay with the turnovers given his style of play. Dak Prescott is... One of the most cerebral quarterbacks in the entire league. He's so smart pre-snap, great pocket passer, and very aggressive down the field in terms of the reads that he wants to hit. He does a great job of determining what he should be looking for pre-snap. And then a lot of times he fires that into really tight traffic and it turns into interceptions. Some of them aren't great throws, but I'm kind of willing to live with that because he has engineered a Cowboys offense to be top five in like every single metric for the past few seasons. I I really think people are severely underrating him. I love Dak Prescott. The other guy I love, Tony Pollard. I think that he is going to have a big, big year this year now that he does not have Zeke Elliott crowding the backfield for him. One of the most efficient running backs in football uh, the past few years. And I think now that he kind of has the backfield to himself, he should look really solid. He is coming off a... I don't remember what the injury was, Jeremy, if you have any idea, but I do remember it was pretty significant towards the end of the season last year. Um, but this receiving core now with Brandon cooks, I think it looks very heavily improved. CD lamb is obviously one of the best slot guys in the game. Michael Gallup, great ball winner on the outside. Um, and now Jake Ferguson at the tight end spot, the the Michigan product instead of Dalton Schultz. We'll see how he plugs in. Uh, what I really, really love on this offense is the offensive line. Uh, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith at the left guard, and Tyler Biads, I think is how you say it, at the center spot. Zach Martin has been one of the best guards in the game for a really, really long time now. Uh, This offensive line is going to be awesome, and I really think that we're going to see a lot of like 35 to 40 point outings out of this group. I think they're going to be really explosive, uh, and I do think Dak will kind of turn back the dial on the turnover numbers a little bit. Oh, excuse me. On to the defense. this I, I really love this group, particularly that front four. Micah Parsons is one of, if not the best, pure pass rusher in the league. He has incredible bend. His hand fighting and his bag of moves is so diverse. Um, and then Demarcus Lawrence on the other side, a little bit more of a pure 4-3 defensive end. Doesn't get as much wide nine reps as Leighton Vander does, Esch does, uh, but is certainly very powerful, great hands, and does a great job of getting to the quarterback. And now they're adding first round pick Mozzie Smith, um, who I absolutely love. This was like one of my draft crushes this year. Mozzie Smith is going to do a great job defending the run on the interior for Dallas, which is what they struggled with uh, the past few seasons. And I think that he's athletic enough. He had a 999 RAS score, I think, 9.99. And he's athletic enough to where you feel comfortable that you can add some pass rush to him in future years. I don't think we're really going to see that year one. Uh, but I can guarantee you he will make significant contributions in the running game in his rookie year. Um, and then this linebacker course certainly is not ugly either. Uh, Leighton Van Esch, yet another Boise State product. I forgot to mention Demarcus Lawrence, also a Boise State product. Cowboys love their Boise State players. Uh, But Leighton Van Der is really smooth off the ball. I think that he had a pretty under-the-radar year last year. He was a lot more solid than a lot of people were giving him credit for. And then Damone Clark and Gabriel Cox aren't incredible to me, uh, but I really love this defense as a whole. And then moving on to the secondary, Trayvon Diggs, obviously, uh, Jeremy's favorite player in the entire NFL. I really like Trayvon Diggs. I think we saw a little bit of a jump in terms of his pure man coverage last year. Obviously the interceptions were down, but he wasn't taking as many stupid risks in that regard. He wasn't as boom or bust as he was in 2021. Um, and I think if we continue to see strides from that out of him, he's going to be a really solid cornerback. And then they went out and added Stefan Gilmore, who I think has a little bit left in the tank and is a great number two alongside Diggs. Um, I, I think that this cornerback group is going to be really solid. And then they also, the, the safety room is not bad by any means. Donovan Wilson, J-Ron Malik Hooker. I, I really like what this team has to offer, and 10 wins feels disrespectful, but I do think that they are going to make some serious, serious noise in the playoffs. Um, We'll see how far they can take it, but I think that this is one of the best rosters in all of football. I really love the Cowboys right now.
0: In second, I also have the Dallas Cowboys, and similarly to you, I don't think this record reflects what I think they'll actually do, but I have them coming in at 9-8. and eight. When you look at their their schedule, they have a pretty tough draw. I think in this division already, all you know, six games are going to play in division are going to be battles. And then you look at what they're getting in the AFC. They have to play the AFC East, which I think is one of the most competitive divisions in the league. They don't really have – all of the AFC opponents they're playing are tough. There's no really gimme to be found. Uh, and, again, I wouldn't I, – I think 10, 11 wins, maybe even 12 is more likely. It's just kind of how – how it worked out when I was picking these games. But again, there's a lot to like about the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, is Dak elite? Possibly not, but is Dak overhated? Absolutely. Dak is a solid player. Um, Is he perfect? No, but he is going to get the job done. He is a quality football player. You know who's a quality football player, Jackson?
1: Who Who might that be?
0: Tony Pollard, and you know who's been a Tony oh, Pollard yeah. fan since he was at the university.
1: Uh, yep, I, I'll I'll let you sing your praises on that one. I can vouch as a as a witness. You can hate on me, you
0: can call me dumb for one of my for my thoughts on a player on the other side of the field for the Cowboys, but Tony Pollard is fantastic. He is legit. Give him a legit, you know, big workload. He's so exciting. He absolutely changes the game. You're, you already have to worry a receiver. You have Ceedee Lamb. Who he's a a freak of nature as well. You have to add in Tony Pollard getting consistent touches. Okay, cool. Zeke's a better blocker. I'm not paying Zeke 13 million or whatever to block. Tony Pollard is awesome. Um, I also hope Deuce Vaughn gets some snaps. I'm not really sure how that'll factor into their overall team success, but I love Deuce Vaughn. I mentioned CeeDee Lamb. I think they did a good job building the wide receiver core around him. Uh, adding Brandon Cooks was a Savvy move. He's not all that at this point in his career, but he's a very stable, reliable player that complements what CD Lamb does. Michael Gallup similarly got to keep him healthy on that same track. I think he's a guy that still um can play even better than what he's shown. And I even like the depth around there. They have Cavante Turpin. Uh Jalen Tolbert was someone that I actually really liked last year that didn't end up getting a ton of run. Uh, but I think they did well at the wide receiver spot. Tight end. Dalton Schultz, I I don't think it was the wrong decision. I I think they were in the right not bringing him back, but I I don't love what they have going on at tight end now. Jake Ferguson, pride of Wisconsin, a solid player, but I don't think he's, I don't know, I don't love him. there. same with uh, Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan. They used a second-round pick on him. I don't love that, do I? I think they're fine, and I think the offense will be fine without getting production from tight end, but that's not, I'm not super bullish there. The line is always fantastic when you're talking about Dallas, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Zach Martin, all those guys. It feels like there's a little bit of shuffling here and there, but they just continue to have absolutely dominant play from the offensive line. The defense, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, that's a heck of a edge pairing. Micah Parsons has, you know, snap of a finger. He's become one of the best defenders in the sport. Demarcus Lawrence, sure, he's aging, but that doesn't mean you're not going to get production out of him. He's still a fantastic and productive player. On the inside, you mentioned Mozzie Smith. I don't know if I'm head over heels like Jackson is, but that also might be because Jackson's like in love with Mozzie Smith. I think he's a good player. I think he'll uh, get some run early on and have an impact uh, at the front of that defense. The, you know, when you look more, stand up linebackers, the second level, I don't love it. Leighton Vander Esch, I'm. I know he's a boise State guy. I'm not a huge Leighton Vander Esch guy myself. Um, and same with Damone Clark, Jabril Cox. They drafted DeMarvion Overshone. Uh, but I don't the linebacker spot isn't something that I'm super bullish on. Then the DBs, it's kind of weird. I I think Stefan Gilmore, I'm with you. Yes, he's aged, but he still has a little more in the tank. I think that he is still someone that I'm happy to have in the DB room. Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson is interesting at safety. I don't think, I don't know if it's awful, but I'm I'm also not in love with it. Trayvon Diggs, I'll I'll speak pretty honestly here. I think I'll try to be as candid as possible, be as objective as possible. Although I might break that, and you're going to have to forgive me, Jackson and all of the listeners. Trayvon Diggs has legitimately improved. He is not oh yeah an absolutely awful cornerback like I sometimes may indicate. However, I still wouldn't call him a bona fide cornerback one guy that I want to be the best player on my defense, which he's not because there's Micah Parsons, but whatever. But the ultimate point that I'm trying to make here is Trayvon Diggs is kind of good, whatever. So overall, DBs, all right, don't love the linebackers, but that front is going to definitely do some damage and with a very strong offense. There's little reason to believe that the Cowboys won't make the playoffs nine and eight feels really conservative. Like that's probably their floor. It was just kind of how, again, they really tough schedule. I'm sure that they'll be able to turn out 10 plus wins. I feel the Cowboys are definitely in for another playoff berth. I guess if I didn't say that seed in the playoffs, nine and eight.
1: You know, I was, I was hoping for some more strides out of you in terms of your ability to, to go back on, on prior statements and praise Trayvon Diggs, but I guess I wasn't so lucky today. Uh, I will be in in my number one slot in the NFC East. I have got the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I really, really love the buildup of this roster as I did last year. The only thing that's really different is the coordinator changes. Obviously Steichen is now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. And Jonathan Gannon is the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Starting with this offense, Jalen Hurts is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He took a major, major jump this year, and I think he takes yet another one this year, Um, especially in terms of his ability to throw the ball. We've seen what he's capable of as a runner. I think that there's a little bit more room for him to become a little bit more polished of a pocket passer. We'll see what he can do in that regard this year. The running back room, the running back by committee in Philadelphia has been reloaded a little bit. Uh, bringing in Seattle's Rashad Penny, Detroit's DeAndre Swift, um, and they still have got Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell in that room. It's going to be an awesome committee. I think all four of those guys are going to be taking significant carries. Um, Looking at the weapons right now, AJ Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the league. I love the connection between him and Hurts. Devontae Smith took a big year two leap. We'll see what he can do in year three. Um, I also like Quez Watkins. He had that little Linsanity run back in the COVID ages. Quez Watkins was a monster, has come down to earth a little bit since then, but still provides some pretty valuable depth. And then they went out and got Atlanta's Zacchaeus. Um, as a fourth option. I really like what he provides. He's not someone that really should be seeing the top end of your depth chart, uh, but but I like Zacchaeus as as solid depth behind those three guys. And then this offensive line is obviously built up of multiple future Hall of Famers in Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Jordan Mailata is obviously a star and Landon Dickerson and Tyler Steen are no scrubs themselves. This is one of, if not the best offensive line in the league. I really love what this group is offering. um, And it's going to make it so much easier for Jalen Hurts to get the ball down the field. And it's a huge reason of why they've had one of the most efficient running games in football over the past few years. Um, Tight end spot, Dallas Goddard is a star, and I think he is going to have a big year this year. And then onto the defense, there is just so much depth, especially at that front seven group. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, uh, Hassan Reddick, and that's not even mentioning either of their first-round picks. Nolan Smith, Jalen Carter, Jordan Davis saw some time last year. This group is one of the best in the league. Uh, I forgot to mention Moro Ojomo, who they drafted out of Texas in the seventh round. I I love him. I really like Ojomo. Um, but yeah, this group is awesome. And they just have, they have guys to rotate out a ton of different people. Um, looking at their inside linebackers, Nakobi Dean will finally be transitioning into a starting role. They drafted him in the third round last year. Dean uh, looked to be a potential first, if not second round pick, but fell seemingly because of his size issue. I personally really like Dean and having that sort of red shirt year uh, as a rookie, I think is going to be very valuable for him. And I think he's going to produce. Um, and then looking at the secondary, it's the same cornerback room and Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Those guys played really, really well last year. Obviously Slay is getting a little bit older. Uh, we'll see how well he can keep up his level of play. But for all intents and purposes right now, I still think that this is a really solid group. Um and the depth behind him is not bad early either. You've got Greedy Williams, uh, the former Cleveland first round pick, Keely Ringo, who they grabbed in the fourth round. I think is a solid project to put behind these guys. He'll have a similar redshirt year that Nakobe Dean had. Um, and then the safety group: Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship. They've got Sidney Brown out of Illinois behind them. Um, and I think Avante Maddox will likely lead the charge as the nickel guy. Um, But this defense is awesome. There's really no holes on this roster. And I think that's how Philly addressed the draft. Less of we have talent gaps and more of we have aging veterans that are going to retire. We need guys to put in the building to sort of reload that when they're out of town. And I think they did a really good job of that. Jalen Carter, obviously, he had all of his character issues, but he was the best player in the class to me. Um, Very good replacement option when Cox and Graham are out of the building. Nolan Smith. Um, he was in my Draft Crushes video that I did on YouTube. Go check that out. Uh, he is undersized for sure. One of the most undersized linebackers in the game. But Philly has shown that they aren't too worried about that. Hassan Reddick is similar in that regard. And while Smith does not add the same level of pass rush, he's super technically sound in the run. Um, and he definitely is able to punch above his weight. I'm someone who would bet on Nolan Smith as opposed to against him. Um, but I I really really love the buildup of this defense right now. I think that this team is going to lead the charge in the NFC again, um, and make some serious serious noise in the playoffs. I will I won't say any more than that.
0: I uh, I'll say more than that. I think the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. We Ooh. saw them last year. I think for what it's worth, I. And it never ends up working this way, but I think it's going to be a rematch. I think it will be Kansas City and Philadelphia, if you were to ask me right now. I think it'll just be flipped a result. There is, I love everything about this Philly roster, starting with Jalen Hurts. Talk about someone that proved the doubters wrong. He started it, you know, improve, improve. Last year, absolutely took the football world by storm, this off season was able to get paid, um, you know, able to get his bag as some might say. (laughs) Uh, And like you said, he was really good. He's really good as is. I think even with no further strides, he's still fantastic, but he does have room to improve as a steady sort of set feet kind of passer. And if he makes that, if he can continue on that, I think there's a very short list of quarterbacks that are better than him. That can be better than him. The running backs, obviously, the way that they operate, you're not going to see anything too flashy from the running backs. But then when you think about this offensive line and the style that they play, along with Jalen Hurts' dual threat ability, it ends up working beautifully. They added in DeAndre Swift um, and Rashad Penny. So they got Swift, Penny, um, bring back Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. None of those guys are, you know, super big names necessarily. I guess Swift kind of has a little more... Uh, cred to his name, but they're going to get it done. They run the ball with authority and a lot of that's because of the offensive line. Obviously, Jalen Hurts too, but the offensive line, when I look at it, I go five for five. Jordan Mailata, check. Landon Dickerson, check. Jason Kelsey, check. Tyler Steen, who they just took, he'll. I, I think he'll start at right guard, like the pick, check. Lane Johnson, check. That is a fantastic offensive line. At receiver, the duo of A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, is lethal it's one of the best you're gonna find if you want to nitpick a little bit after that it gets a little you know the depth is a little shaky quez watkins uh who they picked up from atlanta gets a little thin from there you know like you go into the greg wards of the world but again that's kind that's nitpicking you're not going to find a ton of teams that you go down into the depth chart like that where it's going to dictate how you're going to protect predict their season Tight end spot, they do really well at tight end. Dallas Goddard, he's emerged as just a super reliable guy. Him and Jalen Hurts clearly have a solid connection. This offense is awesome, and I'm I don't know if I'll, I'd say it's going to be any better than last year because it was fantastic last year, but I don't see any way it gets worse. There, there's just so much to like about this offense, and while there's so much to like about this offense, that you know that can continue on the defense. The front is beautiful. Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, they've been around the block. They still make plays. They're still integral parts of this team. Um, Josh Sweat has really emerged as a solid player. And with all of those guys, you have experience. And then you throw in the middle one of the most dominant you know, players in college football last year, a true game-changer. He fell a little bit for several reasons. But getting Jalen Carter in the middle of that defense, in the middle of that defensive line, is huge. Um, He's in a spot where he doesn't even need to necessarily live up to some of the lofty expectations in terms of where he was projected. Number one, number two, that kind of thing. He will be able to have an impact early on, just, just playing solid. And that that's really scary. (laughs) That's not even mentioning Jordan Davis, his former teammate. They have so many options going on on that defensive line. It's so strong. Pretty good at linebacker too. Uh, Nicobe Dean, I was big on. I think he, you know, he fell in the draft, but I, I think he's going to be a good linebacker. I think he's going to be a good player for this team. Um, oh, and I, I totally skipped over Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith. It's just, it's incredible. I don't, you, the, I think the Jets obviously have a very deep group of pass rushers in their front seven. This team is just different. It is just absolutely different. There's so many guys that you can mix and match. Nolan Smith is going to be a good player. He's undersized, kind of like you mentioned, but you watch him play, and it's like, okay, he the guy can play, and that's all there is to it. The stand-up linebackers, obviously, not nothing super crazy. I like Dean, and then uh, Nicholas Moreau. Again, you know, if they, if you're gonna point out a weak spot, it's probably there. The defensive backs, plenty good. Darius Slay. Ended up returning to the Eagles, and that ended up being a nice thing. Corners, James Bradbury, Avante Maddox. uh, They drafted two corners. They drafted Sidney Brown in the third round from Illinois, and they drafted Keely Ringo, corner from Georgia in the fourth round, which I think, at that value, it's totally worth it, a very intriguing pick. Ringo had some high moments at Georgia. He was a very uh, sought-after prospect, made some big plays, picked off Bryce Young to win the national championship. Well, to effectively win the national championship in 2022. Um, definitely a raw player that has some some notable flaws to his game, but definitely worth a flyer. And I like that for for depth in the DB room. The safeties, uh, Terrell Edmonds, Reed Blankenship. Overall, this this is a Super Bowl caliber team to me. They did it last year. They didn't have any super, super incredible downgrades in terms of guys leaving and they were able to reload drafting Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, even Tyler Steen. They they absolutely killed this draft. They have a pure franchise quarterback. They have star wide receivers, elite offensive line. They have everything. They have literally everything. 13 and 4 um I think cuz just that's the way football works. They won't go 17 and 0,
1: but Eagles are my Super Bowl champs. Funny, uh, funny you mentioned the the Super Bowl matchup between Kansas City and uh, Philadelphia because that is my exact predicted matchup as well. I don't know. I think I have the Chiefs winning it again, um, but yeah, same same matchup, especially in a rematch here. We're we're in sync today, man. We're yeah. we're really getting it behind. Okay, um, is it superlatives time?
0: I think it's superlative time, Jackson. Who's the most valuable player? of the
1: NFC East. The most viable player of the NFC East will be Jalen Hurts. Uh, you mentioned it. We've seen what he can do in the running game. Um, if he takes a couple more strides as like a set foot pocket passer, the list of quarterbacks that will be better than him is quite, quite short. And I think that's exactly what he's going to do this year. Um, I'm all in on Hurts right now. He is my MVP.
0: You know. Jalen Hurts, I just talked all about him. Jackson just gave us two cents. Next, Rookie of the Year.
1: All right, Rookie of the Year. Uh, Mine is Jalen Carter. I think that he was the best player in this class in terms of a pure football standpoint by a long shot. I really love Carter and what he adds to this Eagles defense. And even in such a crowded room, I really think he is going to get a lot of snaps and see a ton of production early in his career. Um, we'll see how the character side of things play out for him. But I've got Jalen Carter as my rookie of the year. My rookie of
0: the year, and this isn't, I don't think he's the best rookie in this division. I actually think there are probably several that are better. My rookie of the year is Jalen Hyatt, mainly because what I think he's going to bring to the Giants offense. Like I was saying earlier, he's not going to be a big guy in terms of receptions, but he will be one of the best deep threats in the division. He'll... That's kind of what he does in terms of that offense. Outside of Saquon, it's pretty stagnant. Jalen Hyatt is going to be the deep ball receiver. He's going to make some big plays. That doesn't mean week in, week out he's going to be a top threat, but I think he's going to have that production and be a very pivotal part of the Giants' offense. If they're successful, I think that will be because Jalen Hyatt um, establishes himself early on as a big target for Daniel Jones.
1: All right, fair enough. My, uh, my most improved player, it's a little bit of an unconventional pick. I've got Benjamin St. Just, um over in Washington. I think that you could definitely argue that he broke out last year. I think this is going to be the year that he asserts himself as a legitimate star cornerback in the league. He allows very little separation in man coverage, very smart cornerback. Um, and with this defense and this front four particularly – I think his job is going to be made a lot easier. I think this is the stars are sort of aligning for a big Saint Juice to break out.
0: My most improved, sticking with the Giants. Like I said, I've been a fan of him through uh, in college. The draft process, he slid down the board a little bit, and that is Aziz Ojolari. I think he is a very talented player in his own right, and I think. As we move forward, I talked about the greatness of other guys around him. Dexter Lawrence, specifically in the middle, I think he's going to continue to get better and better. He's going to be able to feast off of other players having success. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have a ton to elaborate on. I think Aziz Ojulari, and I suppose the, you know, with the Rookie of the Year and Most Improved, one may think that I, I w- I am higher on the Giants than, than suggested. But we're late in this episode, so you already know that I have the Giants at seven and ten. I digress. Off to you.
1: All right. My biggest surprise is Sam Howell and really the whole commanders offense as a whole. Um, I think he is going to be someone who plays all 17 games as a starter. Um, And as I kind of talked about it earlier, there is a lot of potential for him to turn the ball over. I still think he's going to create a lot of big plays for this offense. I did really like him out of UNC, uh, the go ball to Terry McLaurin and uh man, why am I blanking on their second receiver's name right now? The, the rookie Samuel, they took John last Dotson. year. John Dotson. I I think both of them are going to be a lot more of legitimate deep threats this season. Um with Sam Howell under center as opposed to Heineken and Wentz. Um and I think like I I think that the offense could be a lot more tailored to what he did um at UNC with Eric Bieniemy as the offensive coordinator. Um I think it's going to be a big mix of big plays a little bit of dink and dunk over the middle and probably a decent amount of interceptions but it should be enough to keep him as a full 17 week starter
0: um my biggest surprise kind of continuing on this is where I go very obscure I'm I talked about him earlier Jalen Tolbert and it's all relative because I think that top three is pretty set with CD Brandon Cooks Michael Gallup but as we know injuries happen and it's not just three guys that you're going to expect to contribute Jalen Tolbert when he was in college at South Alabama he's an absolute game wrecker you can throw it to him deep he's going to make plays he has lightning quick speed and what I think that means is he's going to get a little more run like let me let me pull up I want to say he just had a couple catches last year um let's see I want to make sure Yeah, yeah he had he had two catches for 12 yards um he appeared in eight games. I think he's going to actually be a member of the offense. And I think that in and of itself can be considered a surprise.
1: Oh yeah. I I definitely liked Tolbert coming out of college. So I could, I could see some room for that. My, uh, my biggest letdown is Daniel Jones. I think now that he has just landed himself, his second contract netting 40 million a year. I think that the giants are in for a big season of regression in terms of what their record is going to look like. Last year was really, really fluky to me, and I really don't think that they're putting up that kind of record on the board again this year. Um, And I think Daniel Jones is going to stem for that a lot. When there's not a lot of incredible talent that he's throwing to right now, I'm not trusting him to be this solo creator of explosives. I think he's going to kind of be that passive game manager, um, maybe create a little bit with his legs, but I don't see him fully moving the ball downfield. And this offense should get pretty stagnant at times.
0: Daniel Jones is now being paid like a franchise quarterback, which to most means you have the expectations that he will perform like a franchise quarterback. I do not think he will perform like a franchise quarterback. I think he's fine. He's not a bad player, but with what they're paying him and with what is also around him, I don't see the Daniel Jones upside. I don't I don't see where it gets much better than what we saw last year. And they're coming off of a playoff berth, which means, you know, if they're not back in the playoffs to fans, it's a failure, which obviously isn't how everyone would view it, but he just got paid the big bucks. He has to perform. He he just has to. That's all there is to it, and I'm I'm not on the Daniel Jones train at all. All right. Any other nfc beast discourse before
1: i i give the shameless plugs this is a this is a really good division actually because i think the commanders are like sneaky little potential contenders even though they're only eight nine and sneaking into the back end of a pretty weak nfc um but dallas and philly both i think kind of scare me i think both of them could be really really solid
0: this is a division well I obviously clown on the NFC a lot because the NFC is just so clearly inferior to the AFC. The AFC, it feels like every division is really strong. Well, the exception of one. Um, But this division, you have those top two, and from there, even though the commanders and giants might not be conventionally great, I think all four teams are going to be able to compete in games, and I think that's going to give us really fun in-division matchups. I think any team's going to have a shot against any of them and that's what makes it exciting. That's what we get out of the NFC East a lot, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh With yeah. That said, um, sorry, go ahead, go oh, ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, I think I was going to say one of the more interesting storylines in football this year is I don't remember how long the streak is, but the NFC East has not had a repeat division division winner in like 8 years or something like that. Um, and I think that makes it a little bit like I think I think the Eagles have some really good value to buy some stock into right now, because to me, they're the pretty clear figurehead of that division right now. I'm in mean, with that little street going on. I think a lot of people are betting against them. I think you get, you get some good value talking up the Eagles right now.
0: I'm, I'm all in on the Eagles, all in on the Eagles. All right. Jackson powers. You want to find this content when he's not on the red shirt podcast. You're going to go to Twitter. You're gonna type in JPAL NFL. You can copy and paste that when you open TikTok, because TikTok is also okay. JPAL NFL. You go to YouTube. If you were to copy and paste, it'd be harder to find
1: because on YouTube you just look up Jackson Powers. I think you'd I think you'd still find it because I think the technical like username is JPAL NFL. Okay, but... well
0: the point is look up Jackson Powers on on <laughs> uh, YouTube. That's more conventionally how he will be found. Me, you can find me right here, the red shirt. Podcast on Spotify, as well as the Redshirt blog or the Redshirt backslash home, the Instagram at the dot Redshirt. That's where you'll get all the notifications, updates when there are new blogs and podcasts. Same can be said about the Twitter at the Redshirt blog. Trying to stay active on there, you can always catch me having some decent discourse with uh, our friends over at JPow NFL. You know, who uh, I think they're they're very excited. The the nice people at JPow NFL for all of this to drop. And now especially I'm excited that all of this is officially canon since you can't make up the, the Josh Jacobs pre internet whatever. If any yep. of the mistakes are bad, they're immortalized forever. You
1: can hold me accountable to them. I
0: mean I already where I
1: don't, I don't have that little escape route this year.
0: Yeah, no, you have absolutely no no excuse there. With all of that being said, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Redger Podcast. Come back for the NFC South and NFC West. We'll see you guys next time.